where the path goes next When I know that where it goes is where I need to be The more lessons rain down, more blessings I see Sterilizing the facets of everything that we see That are telling us to be scared When all we ever are is free I'm letting go of the things that don't serve me no more Cause I am holy and sacred and righteous and true And I deserve to be here and so do you Welcome to Conscious Living Radio 100.5 FM in Vancouver. I'm Tasha Sims. And I'm Mark Curran. Hey, and that was Satsung. I am. Wasn't that a cool track? It was great. You always pick great music, Tasha. Well, we have some super interesting music tonight with our guest. We'll tell you all about that in a minute, but hopefully you can have a, an experience. You know how we love having experiences here at the show? Absolutely. So, good news. Um, I'm still on the film festival, and you saw a film, too, I understand. Tell us about that. Well, my good news was... Uh maybe for the listeners who listened to our show a few weeks ago, uh, maybe they've seen it online, was the Dosed uh, Canadian premiere. It was a documentary following a woman's uh, recovery from opiate addiction, depression, a number of different things. She was actually suicidal. And it was a, a film, and she was a local Vancouver woman right here from the downtown east side. And uh, it followed her recovery using plant medicines, uh, psilocybin mushrooms and ibogaine, actually. And uh, it was just great to see a a locally shot film uh, that's something really near and dear to Vancouver with the downtown east side. And what was really impressive to me was it was a sold-out crowd. People were looking for tickets for, you know, the past few days before it. And I just think it was a real testament to the power of the film because it was right in the middle of the, the International Film Festival here in Vancouver that they sold out this independent documentary mm-hmm. um, with 1,200 people at the Vogue. And, and, and also attests to the renaissance of plant medicines. Absolutely, at this yeah. Time, yeah. Really important uh, work, and it was great to see the community uh, gather around. And, you know, I knew a lot of people who were there who have people in their families who are, are struggling with these kind of problems, and they were really, really moved. And, you know, it gave some people some hope, hope for yeah. something different than what's not working for them in the right. world today. Right. So to me, that was great. Great news. Well, my great news was I enjoyed myself. How about that? I saw a couple of films that blew me away. I love them. Um, and we're going to go see a film tonight. And right? we're going to go see Mr. Jones tonight. Ignatius Holland is the director. Um, she also did a film a while ago called Europa, Europa. And I'm still hoping we're going to interview her and have her on the show for you guys. Uh, interesting filmmaker. But the two I saw that I loved was Who Do You Think I Am? Juliette Binoche. Um, she plays this 50-year-old woman who creates an avatar, basically, online to catfish this 20-something. And it's, I mean, that sounds already kind of like, what? What's that got to do with anything? But it is so well done. It is so layered. I loved that film. Um, yeah, I, go see it. If it. I think it'll get distribution. It'll be released after the film festival. Uh, the other one is called The Laundromat. That for sure is getting distribution or has it because it's Meryl Streep. Gary Oldman. <laughs> I mean, come Meryl on. Streep. Well, for real. Yeah, when no, does Meryl Streep do a movie that isn't then released? Like, it, I don't think it's ever happened. Oh, Maybe w- when she was 17. <laughs> um, Antonio Banderas is in it. It is so tongue-in-cheek, and the focus is money, which... There's some layers to that, and it really um, deals with... Well, it has a lot of satirical humor to it. Let's put it that way, and super well done. So I highly recommend The Laundromat and Who Do You Think I Am. That's my good news. Great. 
tonight's guest. We are exploring awakening mankind in the age of cosmic intelligence. Our guest is Ananda Bossman. He's a visionary, a cosmologist, a semantic artist, a musician, as well as a researcher. His peer-reviewed research is currently in the process of being published after his presentation at the University of Quebec in 2018. He's given hundreds of keynote talks. He presents visionary, scientific, shamanic, spiritual, and cosmological connections in a unique way. Tonight, he's going to share his personal story, and we hope to offer you an experience of some of his exercises or techniques, all designed to assist in moving towards superconsciousness, sustained coherence, and ecstatic transcendence. It's like a menu at a restaurant where I'm going, hmm, yes, I'd like me some of that. You're going to find out what that means if it's not all clear at this point. We're also going to talk about the workshop, the intensive that Ananda will be having in Vancouver, October 19th and 20th. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Tasha and Mark. It's a great pleasure to be here indeed. So I do want to start with your personal story, which I know kind of got your whole ball rolling. Um, how did you tell us about that and also how it then connected and brought you to where you are now and in discovering these techniques and exercises that you offer? Indeed, it's a lifetime. So uh, there were a couple of near-death experiences, but the key one was in, my, in 1985, so in the middle of my teens. And uh, I uh, was a bicycle trainer at that time, by going for a bicycle championship. And I had to go through the pain barrier, so cycling up a hill as fast as you can go passing through the endorphin bliss barrier and going further with one's willpower, the torque of my muscles took the chain off the bike. So I went head over heels, hit Mm. the right side of my head, went out of the body, found myself in a a golden sphere with with golden light beings, and then these tunnels go or rays going into the past and into the future, uh, key events that would take place up ahead. I came back from that, it's a long story, and I was utterly transformed. I was never the same again. Uh, I went to hospital, my brain was healthy, I obviously had a wound, um, and but I knew I had stuff to do here. Um, so I continued having contact with these uh, golden light beings, uh, the Emmanuel, as they came to be known. Um, they would give living information in these living pictures, uh, a living picture of living ideas that reflects a holonomy of, of different spherical-like images uh, that is alive uh, with the divine mind of the universe. Um, so tens of thousands of pages of, of those were uh, received. And, um, and I, the, the I'm just going to pause you because I, I want to understand, make sure that our language is, is matching up. Are you getting them? It sounds like a download. I would call what you're describing a download. But which way are you accessing it? Is it visual? Is it auditory? Is it both? Is it kinesthetic? It's a good question. Um, the five senses are fused. So I'm, I was overlighted, uh, as I would call it at that time, uh, for a period of seven years by these beings. My five senses would turn into one uh, super sense, so hmm. which would be a, a whole embodied. And I, I'm 16 years old, and uh, my personalities are kind of melted to a core personality and co-present with this other intelligence. And then these living images, that's one form, uh, convert into syntax. They convert also into experiential uh, being, really. It's a kind of language of being, and you watch as information you can't possibly know uh, emerges. Um, But at the same time as you behold it, uh, one realizes one has always known it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was the nature 
You're going to hate me because I keep digging in because I want to understand. It's, it's okay. You're, it's you cool. won't get offended, right? Because no. you know my intention's good. You can feel it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. How do you know that it's not an aspect of you? How do you know it's actually a being? Like when you call it mm-hmm. the Emmanuels or something separate, that's always been, I have no problem with accessing the field and believing that you will have information or anyone can get information that they don't even know where it came from. It's just there. I get that. It's the meaning that we make as human beings and the labeling that I struggle with. And I go, hey, that's just the language of the unconscious. Isn't that just a human need to give it a picture, give it an identity, give it a name? In other words, my question is, how do you know it's just not you connecting to this field, a higher aspect of you giving you this information? Well, that was also the communication. They're, they're basically saying they are us, uh, but not just oh. not just me, but everyone. The foundation of everybody. So it's the oh. uh, it's kind of like the anthropos concept of an anthropic satience that is uh, animating uh, this reality per se so they um, at that time they uh, because that's how I experienced them I also had UFOs coming along with that but that's a whole other story which I won't go too much into here um, <laughs> we'll have to get you back again for the UFO we have 150 uh, witnesses including credible witnesses who've seen those at close ranges and various uh, proximities um, starting from 1985 uh, so there is that component which of course uh, gives this intelligence another facet because you see it also in the objective uh, universe uh, they would also push my thresholds of understanding so the experience mm-hmm. of all oneness as you're walking in the field and um, as they overlight suddenly you are the blade. What's that mean overlight? Um, a kind of superimposition uh, and a melding together. Um, and as you step on the blade of grass, the blade of grass becomes you. You are the right. blade of grass. It starts to turn into light. Um, and so you're all components, the foot, the blade of grass, the field, and it melts into this ocean of all oneness. You're having an acid trip. You're 16. You're having basically an ex- what you're describing. Without be acid. A, without the acid. So yeah. later yeah. on, of course, we explore the shamanic as Tibetan Buddhists wanted to test us and see what is this genuine, is this uh, yeah. what's going on, what's the nature yeah. of this intelligence um so uh when i was 19 having gone through the emmanuel college so to speak um uh, and having received thousands of pages of information a lot of experience gone through many different fields uh, i was sitting in denmark in a uh, sanctuary uh, and i wanted to uh, have an experience of going um somewhere else in the solar system because i'd heard of other people who'd been going to the moons of jupiter uh, so i sat down with a stubborn heart will, which I, I inherited from my bicycle training, um, and apply that heart will and said, look, I've been there out of the body, that's my experience of it, but these guys are going physically, so you're going to take me and I'm not going to leave this chair until you take me, and then I unify everything, all my senses together in that heart will. And after a period of time, it's clear from the, the foundation of self uh, and from this intelligence at the foundation of self that that's not going to take place. Um, something else is. And a series of fields, toroidal fields, rotate uh, around my body. Uh, and the guiding intelligence, the Emmanuel, said, uh, what you have to do is surrender to your body as all is God already before mm. the subatomic particles form. That's mm. all you have to do. Um, mm. and, and that's what I did. And then... As 
Makes me want to cry, that sentence. That's beautiful. And then at that point, I started experiencing my face on the, on the left side, and it started to increase um, as I was floating in every direction at the same time. And then I'm saying, oh, my God, it's really happening. Not surrendering to all is God first. Um, and so I have to process that aspect. Later on, as it goes head over heels, and this becomes extremely intense, it feels like you're flipping head over heels with uh, inertia and gravity. Mm -hmm. um, I went unconscious at the end. But before that, I said, oh, my God, it's really happening, and, and you're afraid. And then you have to dive into that as all is God already, and then unconscious. I woke up in a body that had four hands, four faces, four chests, um, light, uh, and above the earth, surrounded with undulating geometries. I was still aware of the third-person uh, perspective and top of the roof uh, of the sanctuary by kind of fractal uh, scaling and became aware of four people walking into the room and having a conversation on the reclining Ikea chairs in a circle very close to me. Um, and so I decided to try and come back and it was very, very difficult. I had to find a way to lock into one set of hands um, and I couldn't. So I always had these four positions at the same time as the, as the reference with the chest, with the whole entire mm. body. Um, and then eventually I could find a memory uh, from being teased at school or something like that and I could lock in then I open my eyes the room is filled with colors and uh, sparkles and then four faces turning towards me saying how did you get into the room I said well I've been here two hours uh, <laughs> meditating no 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 that's not possible there was an empty chair there so at that point I said well maybe I went into a fourth dimension now I have a a lot of time behind me today. I so, just so have to say, I don't know. People saying, how did you get in? Are real people going? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, you've done yeah. that. Okay. Because yeah. it could have been, I thought it was still part of your experience, the other experience. Yeah, okay. okay. Ascertaining that, yeah. yeah. Objective others. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what, they saw no one there and then you appeared there? Is exactly. That, that was their puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Where was this? This was in Denmark, on uh, a bit south of Copenhagen. And these are people you know, or oh, these are people I knew at that time. This has happened several other times as well. Um, so, and we have gathered testimony of some as uh, included. I spent my life trying to uh, understand these kind of experiences and. Um, the information that was coming through in the end with the Emmanuels was so much that I said, look, wait a minute, we've got to stop with this. I've got to question everything. Uh, I have to f work this out for myself. And, and they were through. Um, and I never had information access from them again. They basically said, now you know how to get there yourself. Um, and so I started to apply that, basically unifying my opposites, my different uh, personas to a core persona, using coherent uh, methods. And I became a semantic artist. So Okay, before we go there, because there's so much here, well, um, the first thing I just wanted to, to comment on was what you're describing sounds to me like, you know, some of those images you see of, you know, some of the different Buddhas and goddesses and yogis when they have four, six arms and, you know, and they've got the multiple faces and things. That's what I was thinking about when you were describing that. Or the four faces of Brahma for, for this universe in the Vedic cosmology. Uh, that's what I've come to kind of understand that way. There was an inertia unification, horizontal unification that caused one to have four points of, of perspective. So the four cardinal directions became kind of unified. Uh, but that 
all became spherical uh, by the, the compression and expansion at the same time with the head-over-heels spin of um, what I called for a while ultra-terrestrial translation technology. Um, the ultra-terrestrial is not extraterrestrial. Um, it can be extraterrestrial. Um, it can be derived from humanity in the future. It includes the, the interdimensional hypothesis, hyperdimensional hypothesis, parallel universes, hy uh, multiversal uh, systems overlapping. Um, so ultra-terrestrial is much more open to, to what's going on. So what was the most important learning up to that point that you got from the Emanuel? So when I was... Uh, uh, three years before um, that translation experience because this translation... You call that translation because you translated dimensions, would you say? What would you say was happening there? I have to say I don't know today. I did used to say that, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm being scrupulously honest right. as much as I can with this. It's right. quintessential. So I did translate it into methodologies, techniques, meditations. Yeah. I, I translated it into computer animated form so that the toroidal fields could be represented by isotetrahedrons and these kind of things. Yeah. I did that in 1994, and that became a very useful biofeedback method for sustaining coherence. Uh, but the uh, and you have to define coherence. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> the ultimate coherence, I think, is compassion. When compassion is measured in the heart with Roland McCrady or Dr. Glenn Ryan, what you have is that the seven toroidal fields of the heart that are produced by the seven layers of heart muscle, each tilted at a different angle, like the seven colors of the rainbow or the seven spin angles of a tetrahedron. Um, in compassionate love, the seven angles are carrying each other like the rainbow going to the sun so it becomes coherent like sunlight or starlight whereas a rainbow is competitive so there is destructive or competitive interference Pol polarity uh, there is co a competitive interference so they lose mm. their uh, immortality coherence goes on and on and on uh, so and sorry com competitive interference yeah what's competing the what's um, interfering the different angles going away from each other, not carrying each other. So uh, uh -huh. in the compassionate heart, when that is focused upon compassionate love for someone, for, for humanity or for the beauty of nature, uh, what is seen in the electrocardiogram is, is that the uh, magnetic fields of the heart are gathering together and there is a circadian tempo pulse of 72 BPM, um, which now the circadian pulse is that which tunes each of the seven organs symphonies, each of the uh, seven organ symphonies have a different timing, but it needs those 72 BPM uh, beats per minute to synchronize. Um, and so the circadian pulse is active, and then there is a momentary change in the, the cardiorhythm to 97.4 uh, uh bits per minute and then you get the golden proportion the golden ratio which is as above so below it goes on forever it's, it's the ultimate coherence and there's a peak of eight cycles per second at the heart and eight hertz is extremely important it is i believe uh in our musical logical theory uh universal tempering it's the tuning of the universe and so most people aren't living there Day to day. We right? have a foundation where without 8 hertz, our bodies would die rapidly. So um, a lot of interesting studies have been done uh, for uh, several decades with, by Dr. Andrea Poharich with 8 hertz. He was able to cure 27 organic 
uh, diseases with a, a single 8 hertz device that was worn over three years. Uh, 2,000 people, uh, several thousand people wore uh, that device and um, 27 organic diseases uh, went into remission under triple blind conditions. Um, but what's interesting with 8 hertz, it's the maximum creativity in the brain as well. So the studies with um, Dr. Glenn Ryan and McCready, uh showed that the heart wouldn't train the brain at 8 hertz as well, the most creative state. That was unbelievable to call Pribram, the holographic scientist. Mm-hmm. At that point, he took the computers apart. This was early 90s. Um, but indeed it was so. So um, the most significant brain state was engaged by uh, the heart. Um, and 8 hertz is, is kind of a, a universal tuning because hydrogen atoms are everywhere. They're 90% of the universe, 92% of mm-hmm. the atoms mm-hmm. of our body. Mm-hmm. And So 8 hertz is what you're calling coherence. It's the ultimate coherence. The ultimate coherence. Because it is a phase conjugator. And I should explain a phase conjugator. It's you've, let's say you take two different wheels that are counter rotating and when they phase kiss um, they become phase coherent so they take static and they churn out the golden proportion and they churn out the binomial sequence that's 8, 16, 32, mm-hmm. 64, 128, 256, 512 which are, is sacred geometry in, in mm-hmm, number. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes chaos and uh, static uh, separation and churns out immortality. How does one move from this chaos, which often people are living in and experiencing, to a place of coherence and sustain it? Really? That's the question. So that has become the exciting thing today, where we're kind of reaching to a a bio-transhumanism, not technological transhumanism, by the latest discoveries uh, with these two scientists I mentioned, uh, Roland McCready and uh, Dr. Glenn Ryan and Dr. Uh, uh, Ventura where DNA samples would be focused upon, the, the heart cardiorhythm would be objectively seen to be coherent in the golden proportion and uh, in, in these tempos, uh, and they would be able to sustain coherence for a period of two minutes, focus on the Petri dish where the uh, DNA sample has already had its fluorescence reading, and then willfully change the DNA. So cause the DNA to uncoil or coil or change in the middle. 26 years of studies that have been repeated again and again. In the end, half a mile distance, instant results, um, and three separate results at the same time, uh, where willed intent uh, willed that there was an uncoiling, a coiling, and a change in the middle. At the same time. At the same time, which happened, which means that Compassionate love is a non-electromagnetic force and is somewhat of a time machine. <laughs> and so what, what is the value of this for people to apply to their lives? Like how would they, you know, somebody's sitting at home going, wow, that sounds like cool stuff. And they're sitting there, they're, they're worried about whatever in their kid's life. They're human. How do you apply this kind of discovery to living a life of balance and meaning and authenticity? So this is uh, the first time that um, conscious genetic engineering is taking place because all controls, uh, people who are intellectual or depressed or whatever, focusing on the DNA sample, no results at all. So we've been largely genetic robots, but when we harness uh, this 
very simple uh, biofeedback technology first to see it for our minds objectively um, you've got the inner balance device there are different devices but in inner balance by heart math institute is one you clip it on your ear into your iphone or ipod uh, and uh, you open the application you do a breathing exercise or similar to the breathing exercises we do and, and then you see the monitor you see the heart going into coherence and so you then, train yourself basically in, in seconds and minutes um, but you can, ha there are degrees of coherence, so you can uh, go deep into the green. And then there's something called the heart cloud. This is where people all ov over the world are linked together and focus coherence and into very, very high uh, levels and long periods of sustained coherence. And then we'll focus on um, random number generator stations over the world and produce a result, a willed intent result that is uh, over unity. So this gives implication that we also have the emergence of a reality co-creator. Before we were always uh, restricted to the observer collapsing the wave to a point particle, which is then what we experience, the reality of the universe being an ocean of wave, uh, and those waves are past, present, and future. But moment by moment, the observer, through the Allen aspect experiment, uh, the ruthenium experiment, and other experiments, the observer collapses that to a digital point particle reality. I don't know what that means, but I know that they influence the... the that's what you're... Say it in mainstream language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, Allen aspect experiment is one. So th that was the double slit experiment. Mm -hmm. It's still ongoing. It's right, becoming more right. and more sophisticated. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, before our observer was always creating this so-called apparent uh, 3D reality moment by moment from what was real reality, the ocean of wave, which is past, present and future. Um, but now for the first time, a component has emerged where we can interact between the wave particle duality we can interact with the world we can interact with our dna so heart math studies show 20 minutes of sustained uh, coherence uh, increases dhea levels uh, so the stress hormone goes down uh, brain wave pattern shows that clinical depression goes down um, this is some of the mechanism of the the plant medicines too mm -hmm. um, like ayahuasca which uh, works on an eight hertz resonance uh, that's been seen in the eeg and and the molecule harmine is a is a sister of penaline in in our brain produced by the pineal gland which has a nuclear magnetic resonance of eight cycles per second um, so and that is the molecule of dreams when we dream penaline mm. Wow. Okay, we've got it. I could just, I'm drifting into this going, have I got this? Eight hertz. That's the number, the only thing I got. I'm, I got to create eight hertz. I got to live there. I know. It's like, how, how do I get into this? Well, I already heard there's a, there's a, it's interesting to me that there are things like technological things because I'm not tech girl, right? I'm big on use your breath and you'll get there too, right? But let's let's keep going with this so your music yes you also focused on your music creating a certain frequency yes yes and we're going to play a piece of music do you want to say something about it and maybe set the listeners up to a tune and listen to it yeah so during the 90s i um uh, pioneered the electronic popular 
music, 432 hertz music. Uh, it's not just uh, 432 hertz. It, it was happening in the classical world. So Verdi, for instance, was tuning at, at A432 hertz, old scientific French pitch, the, the, which was understood to be the superior harmonic pitch uh, according to the arrangement of um, the solar system by Keplerian uh, projection, for example. Now, we also use 8 hertz wherever we can, um, not just through the hemi-sync method where you need headphones, where you have 100 hertz in one side right. and 100 eight hertz in the other so the difference synchronizes the brain hemispheres no we apply it also in the drums so the panning of the drums the way the drums rotate we put at eight hertz and then we use golden uh, proportions of percentages so you can get many more drums in your song as a result cool. without squaring out right. um, and then in the low frequency oscillators of the, the the various samplers synthesizers we put um, eight hertz when we use the more the more new age like music we make as well uh then the rp gators will be set at eight hertz and this track that we're going to listen to um love star is set at 72 beats per minute so that is the circadian rhythm and the heart resting place in compassion there is 72 bpm in a fetus before the heart is even formed um so it's quite important um and there is eight hertz throughout and it's tuned at 432 hertz um, and this uh, 432 hertz tuning was demonstrated in 2014 uh, to ameliorate uh, numerous psychiatric uh, disorders. Mm. Uh, we've been tested by scientists in Italy um, and they found this to have a medical effect in several different compartments. So we are allowed to say this as a medicinal That's effect. That's lovely. So mm. anything else you want to say about this piece? before? We um, this piece is, it also has lyrics to it. It's, uh, it's really about universal love and love on all axiomatic scales thank you you're listening to conscious living radio 100.5 fm co-op radio in vancouver
You're listening to Conscious Living Radio 100.5 FM in Vancouver. Big, deep breath if you were drifting off to that beautiful piece of music. Our guest this evening, Ananda Bossman. We've been talking about all sorts of interesting things, but mostly about living in coherence at 8 hertz. And if you don't know what that is, if you missed the first half of the show... Um, he's coming to town to do an intensive workshop October 19th and 20th. You'll tell us more about that in a second, but let's just cover a couple of places that we missed. I know I had asked you what your greatest learning was when you were young, but I'm going to frame it now into a question that covers all of it, right to where you are now. What do you think is essential, three or four things that people need um, that's actually important at this time in the world's development to understand and to apply to their lives. It was the uh, realization of three words, all is God. And this is deceptively simple, and it is extremely buried in, in the Western and Eastern esoteria. Um, you have the concept of the divine is in all, but not all is God. And with, with all is God doesn't come all is good. Um, instead, there comes the uh, realization of something that is non-dual. Uh, there is a new physics that has emerged called hadronic mechanics. It's brand new, and it's already changing industry. Uh, it's got objective new technologies, and it sees different aspects of the body body we couldn't see before based on this new physics, uh, which is, has made the congruent uh, finding of a macro irreversibility. What's that? Macro irreversibility? That means a state that is a macroscopic yeah, and yeah. cannot be reversed. And all other um, physiological laws of physics grow on top of it. Oh. And it's at the heart of the atom. Um, and so in 2006, this was objectified in, in an experiment called the Etherino, where the, uh, the neutro neutron was produced by fusing together the proton and the electron, um, which is considered impossible uh, by the old physics. But the mm. new mathematics had the mathematics for that. And so this probe, an, an etherino, which was the first de time detection of a subatomic particle behind all other subatomic particles that could not be reduced to 3D, um, the etherino. From that they've and what's the impact of that? What does that mean, that it can't be reduced? Like, how does that... That's the source of consciousness as well, because 8 hertz emerges from the magnetic monopole of, of the proton uh, by the uh, undulation of the etherino. So it's, it's so like... You're, you're approaching consciousness or superconsciousness as a scientist on some level. Is that how you see yourself? Well, I, I'm... Uh, to be honest, a, a semantic artist. Okay, define that. So, semantic artist, I take, uh, I have a palais, and in that palais, I play. Um, the palais can be Egyptology, it can be the Rig Veda, it can be uh, scalar physics, it can be um, astronomy, it can be the Gnostics, it can be sacred geometry, uh, it can be poetry or Shakespeare or, or Bacon. Uh, and then I make paintings of understanding from that. And this is how we work in our multimedia. Uh, seminars. Uh, what we'll be doing in, in Vancouver will be a lot of experiential work as well, meditation, energy work, breath work. Uh, but our semantic art is to make paintings of understanding, to convey and to demonstrate uh, a, a free way of thinking with maximum creativity between all the different compartments that separate us to see the greater one, all oneness that is there, which is 
really the experience of, of all as God. The, the contemplation of all as God is by itself phenomenal. It brings you through the worst trips uh, because they become temporary representations of separation. Um, and, and what's the difference between all is God and God is in everything? Right. Um, so the Hindus introduced the separation of the, of the Godhead, which is Purusa, uh, into a male and a female. So Purusa became a spirit who was encapsulated by Purusa Kriti, the female, who was less uh, than than the male. And this became the God is in all duality. Now, the Copenhagen loop of infinite regress is if you have a creator that is separate from the creation, what did he make the creation in? Um, probably the vacuum. But who created the creator and mm-hmm. who created the vacuum and who mm-hmm. created the creator mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. creator? Mm-hmm. And that becomes an infinite loop of infinite regress. Uh, with all as God, uh, you overcome that. And with the discovery of macro-irreversibility, um, superluminal states of hyper-dense material are now clearly evident and have been made into new uh, chemical classes um, in hadronic mechanics. Um, so we're discovering that physicality is something very different to what it was before. The uh, application of all as God means that it's the divine, the utmost first. It might be ineffable. That's how the Rig Veda describes it. Rig Veda is the oldest manuscript of mankind and the Haim to the All One Maker, Visvakarmanu, uh, has seven uh, verses which are related to the seven to the seven centers or seven chandras as they are better known in in the proto-vedic time pre-hindu in the fourth verse there is a big question oh you deep thinkers ask yourself deeply within your heart mind upon what foundation the all one maker stands neither in existence nor non-existence beholding all that question becomes the volition of one's own experience and where one is directly revealed that. But it can never be done for one. It has to require that self-inquiry. Um, Who am I? Is that the, the question? No, it was a contemplation on the ineffable God. But if God is all, then isn't it who am I? So then that makes me think of another Haim of the Rig Veda in Book 10, uh, Haim 129, uh, The Seven Days of Creation, Nasadeya, the seventh uh, verse, um, says, Surely the utmost all one maker in the utmost heaven uh, knows or perhaps does not and in that riddle you've got the idea so in Rig Veda you don't just have a universe you have a multiverse uh, Brahati, Brahmana, many universes and you have an omniverse um, the uh, omniverse is um, omni numbers of worlds where the fresh question of what is the ineffable, what is all as God uh, is asked from unique perspectives and each individual satiant being is a unique personification, utterly unique of the cosmic Godhead. The cosmic Godhead is the, one, is the entirety of those asking the question or inquiring. What were the three or four things that you you thought were essential learning and awakening? This was one. We're counting this as one. Absolutely. What else? Um, a couple more. Well, we developed the darkroom retreat, which was to create endo uh in 1992. So where you you go into uh, darkroom for 16 days, and and the pineal gland produces a lot of penaline, and by the seventh day DMT, fifth day five methoxy DMT, the so-called uh, being molecule, and other uh, interesting molecules on the twelfth day. Uh, there one revisions oneself one is walking in one's imagination uh the imagination wow. exchange
plagiarizes and you start to edit uh, yourself. So I believe this is a, a, a future for... Literally, yeah. you edit yourself, Yeah. right? You're saying your very DNA begins to change? Plus that. Um, you will start to see we do darkroom dancing and then uh, we will spin around very fast and then you will look and you will see the cup that is there. Um, you see by infrared, the pineal gland is sensitive to infrared. Um, but then you start to see every other cup you've ever watched. So the nervous system becomes aware of itself. So with coherence and <laughs> intent, 8 hertz, <laughs> compassionate heart, you can start to fine-tune that. <laughs> oh, Mark and I are like, okay, well, no, sign I'm, me up. Beam me up, Scotty. I, I'm always like, wow, for one, because I've heard of these dark room um, retreats myself. Yeah. and. I envision what that would be like, and I know I can't because I can't put that into context. And then the thought of 16 days, 16 days. I, I find it so exciting. Yeah. You're gonna, oh, because know. your ego cannot survive. It's not along for that ride, not, not in terms it's, of its identification. It's like you, you right. must tap into what, you know, something bigger than this little personality oh. because you, how could a personality it happens drive very in the dark? Very naturally, though. Yeah. And, and are you silenced? Oh, dark. are you silent? Uh, no. There will be days of silence and also time changes. So, you know, it, uh, hours can be days. Uh, sometimes hours can be a whole day. And you never know what's happening, um, right? It changes all the time or is there you, a routine? You have to die and be born again. Yeah, we we have a series of exercises we utilize there because we developed this system we call Dime Body Training, uh, which is hundreds of different techniques of unifying all opposites and producing a sustained, coherent macro 8 hertz lens for all 8 hertz moments in the body. And when you say unifying all opposites, are you talking about dissolving polarity? Is that the same thing? Combining, different alchemically words? combining polarity. Where it no longer exists. There's no more this or that. It's just that the phase one phase conjugate. Um, okay. so, <laughs> so the quintessential uh, qu uh, material is uh, what results. So that's the practice of all is God. With all is God, everything becomes the meditation. Right. Um, and there is no high, there is no low um, right. but there is compassion which gives you the reference um, for the practice who is let's get to your workshop because I want to make sure we have time so October 19th 20th it's a full day 1030 in the morning I think it starts on the Saturday you go till 1030 at night on the Sunday uh, obviously you go home in the middle or no uh, no I stay local no do they Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> some, it's not residential. Uh, no, right? uh, some may uh, be staying and uh, some will be going home. So yeah. who is it for? What can they expect? Uh, well, it's for sincere uh, kindred spirits. Um, so we'll be uh, sharing our unity pulse breath work, which are techniques that uh, were engaged in my teens and which um, produce different states of activation. We'll be exploring some of the basics of dime body training trinitization uh, of 888 hertz to sustain coherence, not just in heart and mind, but also in life. Um, and uh, So the physical, on the physical on, plane On the well. physical plane yeah. as, a t as a technique uh, that can be utilized in, in different forms. Um, and we'll be exploring uh, a little bit of what we've been uh, touching upon here, but with rich multimedia and everything with our music as a sound carpet. So... Is there an exercise you can offer our listeners right now that could give them a little jolt of an experience and then they go, I need more of that? And we have nine minutes. So one focuses uh, with closing the eyes on a perfect golden sphere of the unity self that is oneself, past, present, and future, 
as a hypersphere encompassing one as an infinite love and one breathes in through the front of the heart chest area and the back taking a deep series of breaths of that love and at the top part of the chest one can tap very gently on the thymus gland so that a smile begins to awaken there as that smile awakens so the passageway of tickles of the cells can again breathe in the unity self into the heart of the heart so that it smiles and glows as ignition of the heart is smiling and glowing with the next few breaths of the unity self and breathing out the fumes of the past to be face conjugated or face cancelled by the unity self engaging with the glowing heart the central field of consciousness looking at the tip of your nose with your eyes closed and looking from the center of your head heart still glowing engaging a floating point sensation the floating point processor of consciousness as we breathe in through the heart we breathe into the eyes and we bring the eyes up to look up and to the forehead and to smile to each other and to tickle the forehead like a feather brushing the forehead. When the eyes come together, there is an eight hertz synchronization across the brain hemispheres, across the corpus callosum. Taking several breaths of the unity self through the heart through the eyes making love with each other into the eight hertz of their combination at the brow. We engage our prostrate and uterus whenever we contract the prostrate and gluterus, uh, the prostrate and uterus, there is a eight hertz signal registered in the brain wave activity. So as we continue to breathe through the heart, through our eyes together, we bring that tickle by contracting our prostrate and uterus into the heart of our life force, kindling the eight hertz door of life in the midst of our life center. These three areas glowing with each other and smiling with each other and synchronized with the glow of the heart sun. And as we take a few breaths and breathe through the heart sphere now, we let the heart sphere expand up and down our body glowing with every breath we take and being drawn to the gentle contractions of the uterus and prostrate and being drawn to our third eye and to the brow expanding down and up as one coherence 
one goals of compassionate love. All breathing together as one heart sun from head to life base as the via media of the heart has expanded to crown and to base. And we breathe out to all is God of all oneness, all that we cannot absorb or realize now. And we breathe in the all is God breath of the ineffable one maker, being with and as us in all that we do in our consciousness, in our remembrance of the unique inquiry of compassion in our heart and the unified field that the heart establishes with the alchemy of our consciousness with compassion. Thank you. I'm not coming back. I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, I was, I was dealing with a few tech things on, on this end, but I was just, I was mesmerized by your voice. It was very, you know, hypnotic, and I just wish I, I'm going to go back to this on the recording and do that exercise. Great. Um, and when you're doing that, what's going on for you? Are you what's the experience like? Uh, well, one has to do it oneself. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, the, a lot of it goes into light images, uh, which are kind of fused with, with uh, feelings, more existential feelings, the sense of being. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, as one engages the, the, the life force centers, then a different character, a different quality is there, a, diff a whole different universe. Uh, so there are these three universes in a way the the head universe the heart universe and, and the life force physical universe uh that start to unravel and and there may be all kinds of different imagery with that but one uses that the flow of those imageries uh together with the kinetic uh flow of, of the energetics and the experiential um to amplify uh the effect and so will you teach people how to do this themselves as opposed to being reliant on you to guide them Is that's that the point that is the point. That's the only way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just got literally another minute or so. Give people, minutes, yeah. give people perhaps your website and where they can find out more about you. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, AnandaBossman.com. A bossman is with one S, so it's A-N-A-N-D-A. B-O-S-M-A-N.com uh, For our music, 432hertz.com Both spellings, H-Z and H-E-R-T-Z 432hertz.com um, And the um, event bright, put in All as God and you'll find the, the seminar on October the 19th and 20th. But experiential, so more of a... How many people do you expect? Uh, that is cybernetically fluous. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> There are some key people coming. There's Karen, who you know, and, mm -hmm. and people like that, yeah. But in terms of, uh, will it be a big group? Where Where is the venue? Oh, this is at a mythical um, manor of Shania Ray. Uh, so this is by uh, the university, so it's uh, nearby. By UBC. Yeah, UBC, Grey Point. Right. Yes. 
Well, and, and all the information is up on ConsciousLivingRadio.org right now as well, just for anybody who wants to find it there, if anybody's looking. Mm-hmm. You know, and link our book, All is God, will be released by Filmmaker Param Jail's company end of October, beginning of November, available at Amazon and many other uh, uh, providers of And books. you were saying you've got a Netflix film in progress well, where you are going to be interviewing numerous different people and mystics. And Indeed. Yes. Which sounds like an exciting project. You'll have to let us know more as it develops. We will do. It's oh, I'd, I'd love to talk to you some more about some of your work. It's it's fascinating, and I want to talk about the UFO stuff, and, and I've got tons of questions for you. Oh, okay. Sure. So let's It'd close, be a pleasure. Let's close <laughs> with this. You said truth is plural. What do you mean? The, the realities are plural. Um, they are coexistent. They might be uh, having an overall unified field, but... Um, each person is utterly and totally unique. We're not all equal, but we are all unique, and it is the uniqueness wait, wait, that makes us equal. We're not all equal. We are all equal. Um, we are all unique. So, and in that uniqueness, we have equality. Um, so, being our own uniqueness is one of the fundamental aspects too. To embrace the uniqueness we are, there's never going to be someone else like us. So that's also unique truth and u- unique vantage. But the plurality of truths uh, is a concierto. What do you think happens when you die? Oh, sorry. No, no. Hurry up, Mark. He's giving you yeah, the hurry like up. You've got the cane. Yeah, got it. Uh, yeah, because that could be a long answer. No, he's going to give me one sentence. Right. Come on, one <laughs> sentence. Sorry, what happens it. when you die? All is God. All is God. Love it, including you and me and, and all me. of us. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. You've been listening to Conscious Living Radio 100.5 FM in Vancouver. I'm Tasha Sims. And I'm Mark Cron. Good night. <laughs>